Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Homemade Ops. Thank you so much for joining us today on this wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you're doing something fun. Hopefully you have some barbecues and that you're staying safe. Corona's still out there, but if you're practicing safe habits and practices, you should be good and should enjoy yourself. Uh, today, we're actually we have really good topics today. We're gonna be discussing some awesome deals for Memorial Day weekend. And also we're gonna be discussing the 40 billionaire who shops at a flea market and how to blow past the Joneses by not keeping up with them. Okay, let's review really quick what we talked about last week. We talked about how to create your balance sheet, which is really just writing down everything that you have financially and updating it every month. All of your assets, which are bank accounts, investments, everything that you have. All of your loans or liabilities, which is going to be all the debt that you have, and taking a look and updating that every month. We also talked about a couple interesting mashups with forbearance versus deferment, and also banks versus credit unions. So go back on those episodes if you have any questions about them. A lot of really good topics and uh, kind of interesting information. So check them out. Absolutely. So yeah, it's uh, today we're actually going to talk about. Uh, we're going to start off today talking with some couple couple deals. Yay! So remember, Couple Couple Deals is our, our segment where they're non-sponsored deals that we have found that hopefully will help you out a little bit. And of course, it being Memorial Day, we just wanted to share you some tips when it comes to shopping around, especially for furniture. So as you all probably know, there's different times during the year that are better for buying different things. Now, Memorial Day is fantastic for furniture, but certain kinds of furniture. So when you go, if you go to Wayfair, for example, they have some products are 70% off. So that's pretty cool. So definitely take a look at those, but I would not recommend buying things like tech or that kind of stuff. Cause usually tech would be found or those kind of deals happen around uh, summertime and also Black Friday, uh, Cyber Tuesday, that kind of stuff. That's when you're gonna get those kinds of deals. And when it comes to furniture, it's especially when it comes to mattresses and that sort of thing. Well, mattresses have tremendous deals during Memorial Day. So find some good, uh, find some good room furniture items, some shelving, whatever it may be, uh, some mattresses, bedding, that kind of stuff, and you're going to get really good deals. But here's the thing: not every single furniture deal is going to be the best on Memorial Day. For example, there's uh, a lot of people will go out and purchase things for their home, like uh, what was it, Kimberly? Grills, right? Yeah, not a yeah. great time to buy grills. Not a good time to buy grills because remember, keep the seasons in mind here. When are you going to use your grill the most during the year? In the summer. In the summer. So that means if you buy at the beginning of summer, the prices are going to be higher. Now, this is uh, supply and demand. So if you've never heard of that term, we'll talk about it in the future. But the theory is the more supply there is out there, well, the less demand there'll be for it because they have a lot of that item. So there's just not a huge demand for it. But, but if there is a lot of demand for it, that means more people are buying it. So there's less of those items. And so at the beginning of the summer, there's going to be a lot of different people purchasing these, which means prices will be higher. But at the end of summer, Guess what's going to happen to that demand? It's going to drop. So at that point in time, that's when you want to buy your grill. Same with stuff like swimming suits, you know, summer clothes. Always buy those at the end of season. They go on major sale. Very rarely do Kimberly and I buy anything at the beginning of the season. So just kind of keep that in mind. Like Christmas decorations, December 26th, best day to buy them. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can load up. <laughs> so we're looking up. Like, we're actually going to buy a bunch of stuff from uh, from all these different sites. We found some curtains for dirt cheap and a bunch of other stuff. So consider that t- kind of stuff during Memorial Day season or uh, Memorial Day sales. But just like with furniture, usually they're expensive, or at least the new stuff is expensive at springtime. So if you're buying stuff from last season uh, when it comes to furniture, that's when you're going to get some really good prices. Okay, another great place for deals is our favorite place year-round, all day, every day, oh, yeah. is the dollar store. Yay! We love it. <laughs> and I was actually there the other day, so it made me think about it. Where I went there to get a couple things. I was in charge of some party favors for a bridal shower. And I realized you can just get great stuff that's almost the exact same as another store at the dollar store. But sometimes that can be a feeling of, yeah, go to the dollar store. Well, what's even there? Or what's worth it, right? Some things are you kind of need to pay a little more to get the quality. So here's a quick list of some of the things that I like to get at the dollar store that I feel like are comparable in quality and not worth paying more somewhere else. So first is going to be arts and crafts. So things like poster boards, Sharpies, stuff like that, especially, you know, paper, stuff like that. You don't need the nicest crap out there for a Sharpie. (laughs) No, I mean, it all works the same. And we bought, we actually needed to block out some light in a room. So we bought these black poster boards that we could block out the light with. And they work great. You know, it's really nice. So that's why we're buying curtains. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, hangers are good. It's just a piece of plastic. I could get seven hangers for a dollar. Um, and then plastic dishes. So little kind of fun serving party dishes, you know, holiday dishes, plastic plates, serving trays, super you're cheap. You're going to throw away anyway. Yeah, I usually only use them a few times, you know, and they're cute, you know, and a lot of them have cute patterns. So holiday decorations are great, actually. We've got some pretty cute Christmas stuff, especially for parties, like little party favors. Um, par- and speaking of parties, party decorations. So streamers, you know, banners, things like that. Gift wrap, gift bags, and tissue paper are the best thing to get there. Oh, because for you'll sure. pay, you know, seven bucks at any other store for one gift bag. I'm like I might as well just buy a nicer gift for the person and then wrap it in a one dollar bag. You <laughs> know, I mean, it just it's better. Then you can buy something nicer for that person. I'm sure they'd appreciate that rather than an expensive bag. Um. And then there's also uh, food serving items like plastic spoons for the kitchen, oven mitts, disposable casserole dishes, paper plates. Those kinds of things are really good, especially the disposable ones. Um, One thing also I love is plastic storage organizing bins. So things you put in your closet or your pantry or your bathroom, just bins to plastic things. They also have cloth ones too, like the foldable ones. Everywhere I've seen, they're so expensive, like at least $5 each. And I can get 10 of them for, you know, $10. So those are pretty great. Um, also, cleaning surprise, supplies like a broom, dish soap, sponges, um, and baby items, too. So I saw they have a little finger toothbrush that you do use for early babies. as a buck there. And the same one is $4 online. So little things like that or, you know, a case to put your pacifiers in. It's just a hunk of plastic. You know, baby bibs that usually get dirty anyway. Um, baby shampoo, stuff like that. That uh, And all those items I feel like we've bought before and they're good quality and comparable to somewhere else and things that you don't really need to pay more for. And if you think about it, if I buy 20 things at the dollar store, that's only 20 bucks. I can only buy maybe like three or four things of, from the same list at a regular store. So another thing uh, just 
when it comes to those storage containers, they're going to be small, right? Because it's a buck quality. So of course they're going to be a little cheaper and stuff, but there's another one for you, just a kind of side note. Uh, if you want larger containers that are like stronger, tubs. like yeah. garage types or storage room kinds, Home Depot. And if you go to Home Depot, they have a brand there that's there. I think there's in-store brand. It's um, HDX, I think, or HXD, something like that. But they're these black uh, these black bins with yellow tops are easily stackable. They're sturdy as heck. And they're only like five, six, sometimes 10 bucks. Yeah, wait, it's bizarre. They're way cheaper than I've seen anywhere else. Like at Walmart, we went and got a bin from them and it broke within a year. And that thing was like 10 bucks. And then we go over to Home Depot and get these bins that are roughly the same price, but way stronger. So Home Depot, love Home yeah. Depot. So storage bins for the garage, for your storage closets, Home Depot, and then just little bins you can put to help organize your pantry, stuff like that, dollar store. So take a look at these deals. These deals are awesome for you. And don't be afraid to shop at the dollar store. There's a weird stigma that people have at shopping at these cheap stores like Target, Walmart, and a dollar store. And you know what? This is actually gonna bleed into what we wanna talk about today. So last week when we talked about budgeting and that sort of thing, we discussed a whole lot about setting up your budgeting. Today, we're not gonna talk about that. You can listen to those previous episodes. We also have a course that we're creating here in the future that will show you a bunch of visuals on how to do that and be looking out for that for the next several months. Uh, it's still a little ways out. But today, we're gonna specifically talk about some strategy. And in this case, strategy on how to be frugal. So our number, we have three main points that we want to talk about today and when it comes to being frugal with your, with your budgets. The first one is going to be dealing with living below your means. The next point is going to be talking about the secret to how millionaires actually make their money and then also just having no shame as the third point. So let's go ahead and talk about the first, living uh, below your means. So the whole thing with living below your means is you know the term live within your means? Well, that term is outdated. That is not, I don't even think it was true to begin with. <laughs> you do not want to live within your means. You want to live below your means, especially if you're going to be a millionaire, if you're planning for future growth. So what does this mean exactly? Why would we want to do that? Yeah, I think the reason we want to live below our means, because you want to enjoy your money, right? Yeah, Sometimes live below your means sounds bad. It's like, oh, so I should live destitute even though I have this money and not enjoy my life. No, you want to enjoy your life, right? So you can budget in for the fun stuff. But the reason you live below your means is so you can maintain that lifestyle and then keep building on it. Because, for example, your means could change every day, right? You can wake up tomorrow and there's so many things you can and also can't control in your life that things can change so quickly. So if you're living just nicely within your means and then something changes in your life, you have to adjust your lifestyle. You have A to adjust lot. it down and you're forced to and it's painful, right? And not only that, if you're living within your means, you're not building. You have to live below your means to be able to build. So if I'm coasting along and I'm living below my means, if something happens, then I don't have to adjust my lifestyle. You know, I, I might choose to adjust my lifestyle so I'm still living below my means, but I'm comfortable. I'm not afraid that tomorrow I got to move out of my house because I can't afford it anymore. 
or, you know, I can't keep affording my grocery bill or different things like that. And also it means you're not building too. So if I'm living below my means, I'm building my wealth so I can continue to grow in my life. Exactly. Like living below your means gives you the difference because if you're living within your means, it's kind of like an equation. Money coming in, I spend that money. Well, if you live below your means, then you can take that surplus, that excess cash, and actually apply it to something different to make money. And guess who knows this secret? Millionaires. Millionaires understand this. And actually, the vast majority of millionaires actually live below their means and take that excess cash and put it in something else like investments that grows their wealth. That's why they have money. So the secret to how millionaires make their money is actually keeping it. <laughs> they keep it and then they use it as an instrument and tool. They don't just go buy things crazy left and right. Now, certainly there are some millionaires that do. There are some people that do and the media just loves them. So you hear so much about them because of the crazy lifestyles they use, or at least that they have. But the vast majority of wealthy individuals in our nation, you wouldn't even know they are. We actually have a really cool example today. And that is uh, Ingvar uh, Kamprad, if I'm saying his name correctly, and unfortunately passed away in 2018, but he is, he is a tremendous example of this. He is the CEO or was the CEO of Ikea not long ago, and he is worth $40 billion. But want to hear the funniest thing about this individual or this, this guy who's really cool. He has lived in a one-story house for most of his life, and Time Magazine actually wrote about this. They had a really cool piece about him, and uh, so... Uh, Kamprad here, or uh, Ingva, however you say his name, is so frugal that he actually keeps all, uh, he, it keeps him grounded when it comes to being a good person. He actually sometimes buys secondhand clothes. He gets cheap haircuts. What was the example you talked about? Yeah, he was saying that he travels, he tries to get haircuts when he's traveling to um, like other countries. countries or something. Like he said last haircut he got was in Venezuela by when the article was written because he said it was less expensive there. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> really cool. And you would not expect this. This guy's worth $40 billion and he's getting cheap haircuts, buying secondhand clothes. What an example. And that brings up a good point because all of a sudden, if you have money, why does that mean you have to spend more money on things that you're paying? You know, if I spend $20 on a certain item, now I have money. Why should I pay double for that? Exactly. You know, why, why would you need to change that? Now, if you do have a lot of money and you want to have some fun with it, buy some fun items, that's totally okay. But the point that we're trying to make right now is, well, he clearly lived below his means. And because he lived below his means, he's able to have all this excess cash, all this money and become wealthy with it. Time Magazine notes that his penny pinching helped Ikea's success because of the, that mentality of being frugal. And it probably also helped him am, uh, amass a fortune worth more than $40 billion. So those are his foundational principles that really got him and Ikea to where it is, which is pretty incredible accomplishment. And it just shows that these are principles that not just those of us with normal jobs, kind of living a normal life live by, successful people live by these principles. And that's really the secret that there is no secret. Absolutely. So there really is no, um, so when it comes to, well, because let's look at an example actually, because let's look at the wrong way to do it. Because if you look at this individual, he has a ton of money, he can spend it on nice things, which again, totally fine as long as it's below your means. Uh, but a lot of people don't. What happens is when people finally get some success, they get some money, they just spend all of their money. I mean, look, there's so many examples of NFL uh, 
players, for example. NFL players get so much money. They get paid millions of dollars, the really good ones. But have, but you always hear the story, multiple of them actually, where they go bankrupt once they're no longer making that money. Because once they get it, they spend it on all this lavish stuff, and now they're in the same position they were before they worked in the NFL. Another thing that's kind of interesting about people with you know, a lot of money, just kind of looking at this example again, is that, remember, millionaires save up and they invest. So when it says somebody has $40 billion or millions of dollars, it doesn't mean they just have hordes of cash that they could be spending there. Yeah. Usually that wealth, remember we talked about in the other episodes about listing your assets, usually that wealth is their investment in a business, right? So sometimes you hear in a market downturn, you know, so-and-so billionaire lost Millions of dollars today. They didn't actually lose millions of dollars of cash. It means the value of their stock of their business went down. So these people also have to man manage a good lifestyle because they're not just sitting on you know piles of cash that they're just going to spend for the rest of their life. They have their wealth involved in their business, in their real estate, in these things that they have to keep up, keep and manage. Now things that can are also volatile and can change every day. So that's important to remember that this is something that applies to everybody. This principle of living below your means. It's just, it, you know, it kind of goes to that point again, where we all think when you're wealthy that you just spend all this crazy money. Like that is just what you're supposed to do with it. While the vast majority of millionaires, you won't be able even to tell that they're millionaires because they don't have these crazy huge homes or whatever it may be. So, and there's like, for example, have you ever been on Instagram scrolling through it and you always see that stupid ad or that stupid video where it shows this girl or guy next to like a really rich car and they're like live like me huh like live like me and follow these three simple steps all that clickbait crap well that's that's all just fake like you know it I know it it's they may have earned money somehow but if they're just spending it like that and most of the time actually this is funny most of the time those cars are actually rentals <laughs> so they're just trying to Every, a lot a of things face. are photoshopped nowadays right and it just makes people when you see that you feel like oh i'm not doing good enough right when a lot of times you know people who have a smaller house or who are living below their means it's because they want to invest further you know just because you have money you know or, or just because you have a lot of things doesn't mean you have a lot of wealth it's just i think it's an addiction like people are so obsessed with status now and the funny thing is the people who, where you think, okay, this is the ideal status, usually those people, when I mean status is like, let's say someone who is super wealthy making money. Most of those people don't flaunt that. Most of those people are just, hey, the reason why I'm rich is because I practice good habits today. So that way, or in the past, so I can enjoy my money today. And that's what we're trying to share with you. It's okay to hold off on some of your purchases. You don't have to have the nicest things now. Like Kimberly said, go to the dollar store for heaven's sakes. And instead of going and spending $10 on something where you could spend one, well then take the $9 and invest it. That's how the rich got rich. They used smart spending habits, took that excess cash, and then uh, actually utilized it for some sort of investment that grew their wealth. Yeah, I think the idea is that you're in it for the long haul. People are really serious about making their life better and setting up like we talk about setting up your home operations, it's it's a long process. 
You know, it's not something like, oh, you know, six months from now, I'm going to be super wealthy and have no problems. It's a lifelong habits thing, just like maintaining your physical health, right? It's not, it's something where you get up every day and you move and you eat healthy. And maybe if you slip up, then you try to make better decisions next time. You're in it for the long haul, really, is the goal. And even the people who are really successful, it's because they made a lot of good decisions over time. And think of it this way. If you actually start practicing this principle of living before uh, below your needs now, well, then when you become wealthy and accumulate all this wealth, you'll still be living below your means when you're older. But guess what? Your means that are lower will be wealthy. You still will have so much money at that point where when you lose, easy. where it's easy, easy you, to live below your means. Exactly. And then that's when you can start buying the fancy stuff that you can enjoy. Why buy mediocrity now when you can buy the nicest thing later? Well, if you actually, if you're making 50 grand a year, not a bad salary, if you're making 50 grand a year, 70, 80, whatever it may be, and then you're thinking, oh, I want to buy the nicest boat now, well, you're going to be stuck for years paying off the loan on that boat or on that home. You'll pay three times what you would have paid on that. You don't need a five, six $600,000 home when you first get married <laughs> it's, or when you don't have any kids yet. You don't need your dream home yet because then you're stuck, you're trapped as if you are, because you're paying that loan off. You're paying that loan off for so long, you can't afford it. You're paying $2,000 a month and when you it comes to mortgage. You might be trapped in a job you don't love because you can't take a risk and try a new job, you know, in a new industry or go back to school or start a business because you're trapped by that. And I think this leads to our next point here that we want to talk about, and that is no shame. So this is our third point that we want to talk about. So... It is not bad to get the cheap option. Not at all. This stigma that you have to have the nicest, nicest thing, the latest and greatest. Do you know where this all comes from? So I actually studied marketing before I studied finance. Marketing, do what marketing is designed to do. It is designed to make you uncomfortable with your life today. Do you know why? Because you're not happy unless you have that big fancy diamond ring. You're not happy if you have the latest iPhone or Samsung phone or whatever Yeah, you're not going to buy what they want you to buy unless you don't feel comfortable with your current situation. You realize, oh, I need that. That That's the mindset that they give you. The mindset is, hey, we want you to buy our thing. So guess what? In order to make you excited about it, I'm going to make you miserable by showing how fancy and wonderful all these other people are living their lives. So that way you can be a part of their group. You can be a part of their clan if you only buy this because they use it. They have it. And now it's out of your means. You can't afford it. And now you're trapped. You can't pay off your loans. You can't pay off all these other things. And now you're just delaying your wealth growth. So... There is a principle when it comes to finance, which is exponential growth, where at first it takes a long time to start accumulating wealth, but you have to start saving much as much as you can up front. But the more you do, well, then later on your growth, your uh, actual growth, your actual uh, wealth is going to skyrocket as long as you keep investing it. Now that's that's interesting. So it grows faster than then it would, it's not a linear, right? Where it just kind of grows perfectly in order. You, you really gain, it's like you're gaining speed, right? Like when a car speeds up? Yes. Is that kind of like, what you're saying? Exactly. So it's like a slope on a mountain, right? Or it's, uh, it's not like a gradual line because that's how it would be if you save. I get money, I save $1 today, I save another dollar tomorrow, I save another dollar on Wednesday. Well, then that's a linear growth for me which means just how much money I save is going to be used in the future. Exponential growth is when you actually invest your money. 
And that's how the rich get rich is they put their money into investments. They take that money. It goes that, faster. Exactly. They would take that money that would otherwise be spent on your iPhone and all these fancy things that you can't even afford right now. And then they take it, put it into investments, and then over time, it grows like mad exponentially. It kind of makes me think, what you're talking about is kind of making me think of a train. Like it's really hard to get a train a train engine started, right? Like when they first go, it's going slow. They're pulling all this weight and it's really painful. Good example. And then once yeah. it starts going, it really picks up speed and goes faster, right? So it doesn't take, it doesn't move you know, it might move a couple inches in, you know, a certain amount of seconds, but it doesn't say at that speed, it goes faster and it becomes easier because it gets momentum. Exactly. And that's how it comes with investments. It's, you're not going to see your wealth grow overnight. It takes a while, but as soon as you, once you reach a certain point, then your wealth starts to grow a lot faster because now you have a lot more numbers on your side. For example, 10%, let's say you're earning 10% on some sort of interest payment, right? Which would be awesome or on some sort of investment. I have $10,000 and I'm earning 10% of that. Well, that's $1,000. Pretty freaking good. But once you get to $100,000 saved up, what is 10% on $100,000? $10,000. So now you're earning versus $1,000, $10,000. That is really good. That's what the whole point of investing is all about. So why delay that growth though? So the whole idea is to get to that growth as fast as possible. So if you're spending your money on iPhones and the newest, latest, greatest iPhone, you're changing every year, you're buying the fanciest home and all this kind of stuff, well then you're gonna delay how much money you can earn off of your investments later on. And then you can't enjoy anything at that point because now you're trapped. So when it comes to shame, this marketing scandal, right? So marketers, are they, their whole career is to get you uncomfortable so you can make these purchases. And here's the funny thing. Usually the things that they're marketing are not worth that a whole lot. Clothes is an example. Clothes, they mark, they, man, they skyrocket that value from how much it costs them to make, like two times, three times, 50 times over. Uh, and even DVDs, for example. So there is a, a very famous example um, where I, I forgot which companies they were, but there's two different DVD companies. And maybe it, it was uh, actually owned by the same, uh, by the same manufacturer, but they had two separate brands. They were made in the same manufacturer factory or manufacturing factory, same supply chain, the exact same DVD player, but they just changed the body and then they would cover some of the holes of the actual DVD player on one brand versus the other and sold the other one for cheaper. But it's the exact same DVD. Yeah, and they say a lot of like off like store brand things, right? Like store brand food or store brand clothes or anything like that. Um, you know, we'll have like the Walmart brand of something or whatever. Mm -hmm. They make the items in the exact same factory and just put a different label on them, I've heard. Absolutely. Now, there's some products that are, of course, that you want to buy some that do have quality. You don't want to get the cheapest thing of everything because sometimes that's not good. So that's where you have to weigh and consider with your partner, your spouse or whoever. You have to do some research and see what would make the most sense, what's going to last the longest. But for things like a DVD player or, you know, those are kind of out of style now. <laughs> but when it comes to um, other products, well, double check and see if you if there's another option that is cheaper that does the exact same thing or same quality level or yeah accomplishes the same goal like we we bought our broom at the dollar store you know and i've seen brooms at regular stores that are 10 15 dollars i could buy 10 brooms for that you know i don't think my dollar store broom is going to break 10 times before it's worth it where you know it might be not super high quality but sweeps our floors so who cares you know so keeping up with the joneses get that out of your mind Okay, who cares 
Who cares about what the Joneses have? What about diamond rings, for example? I want to hear actually a really funny story about diamond rings. So diamond rings, does anyone know, like we were actually learning in our marketing classes that diamond rings did not become popular until the early 1900s. And it was just because there's a couple families that were manufacturing them and somehow they got associated with marriage. And now that is the thing that you have to have when you get married. You have to have the diamond ring because that's a cultural phenomenon. Who? Who says so? (laughs) <laughs> just because some, the manufacturers say so. When you get married, you need that diamond ring. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting a fun diamond ring. That's fine. But do you need one that's 20 grand on your finger? That could be, tw- that could, you could buy a really nice one for $500, $1,000, $2,000. That's, that's a lot of money. But anyway, you can buy some a good, pretty ring that is just good right now, especially when you first get married. Uh, And then later on down the road, when you actually have a lot more wealth and you're living below your means still, but you have a lot of disposable cash, then you can get the nice ring. Yeah, I think it's the idea. What I think what we're trying to say here is it's the idea of you'll have different things that are different values to you, right? Like, for example, we've talked about Todd loves videography. So having a really nice camera is important to him. Or, you know, I like decorating cakes. So having cake decoration materials are important to me, right? But it's the idea of just because a marketer says you need this. Do you really need that? Or do you really want it? Is that something that's actually important to you? You know, for myself, for example, I like small jewelry. Usually, I, I just don't like wearing big jewelry. It's just not very comfortable for me. So for me, if I got like a giant ring of something or getting jewelry, you know, it's just not that important to me. So when I see around Valentine's Day, oh, if you really love your wife, you'll buy her this certain necklace. Because that's like, the true meaning of yeah, love. Yeah, <laughs> and, and for me, like, I'm not as big a fan of that, right? Like, I'd rather go out and do something fun. So maybe, you know, think about before your next purchase, number one, is there something that I can buy that's the same or similar quality that's going to get me what I need for a lesser price? Then that'd be foolish not to get it. And number two, is this something that I really want for my life? Or is this something that my neighbor has, or I saw in a commercial and every other person has this. And I think I really need that. You know, think about what your values really are. So when it comes to Kimberly's point here, especially with uh, keeping up with the Joneses, don't keep up with the Joneses, because if you keep up with the Joneses, you're actually going to fa- fall way behind them. However, if you start living frugally now, you're going to blow past them in the future. Because most people that actually flaunt their money as if they have a lot and buying all these fancy things, truthfully, aren't doing that well. So read the book, Millionaire Next Door. This book is phenomenal. I've referenced it before on this uh, podcast. They talk about the myths behind millionaires and a whole lot of things. And a lot of them just don't have the money that they flaunt that they have and they find themselves in trouble. So if you live frugally now and build your wealth now, you can be successful. And you'll be able to build your wealth to the point where you'll actually be able to enjoy it without that financial burden. One thing I've noticed is that nowadays, any pretty much anyone can afford anything. The way they have it with buy this car, no payments for six months, no money down. Or even they have like 1% down on homes, right? And when you get pre-qualified, we'll talk more about mortgages and things like that in future episodes. But when you're pre-qualified for a home, they pre-qualify you. What they do is they take 
all of your income that you're earning, that's not going towards any other debt that you have, and assume all of that could go towards the mortgage. They don't assume a cost of living. So they pre-approve you and you get that and you think, wow, I could buy a million dollar home. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean you can afford a million dollar home. You know, uh, yeah. usually people are willing to sell you anything, whether you can afford it or not because of payments and things like that. So a lot of times when you see other people and you think, oh, I thought I was doing okay. You know, I thought I was doing a little better than that, whatever. Right? You know, kind of starting to compare yourself. Remember that just because someone lives in a more expensive house or has nicer clothes or drives a nicer car or only shops at certain stores, it doesn't mean they have more wealth. And even if they do, or it doesn't matter, you know, you have to make the decisions for yourself and realize there will always be a neighbor or a friend who has a, a lifestyle that you could compare yourself to. But it's not smart to do that because then you're always feeling like you're behind and you're spending money on things that don't matter to you. And where does it stop? There's always going to be someone stop. richer than you. And then you're hurting yourself. It yep. doesn't hurt them when you decrease your wealth. So you don't want to let the silly game keep you from building up your home operations so you can weather future storms and achieve your goals. So it's really important to learn not to care what others think, right? Because more than likely, they're not financially better just because they bought a more expensive purse. And it doesn't matter what they're doing because everybody's situation is different. And as long as you're living below your means and you're growing your wealth, that's going to be the most important thing. So don't spend money on things that don't matter to you just because a marketer says so or because you feel like you need the fancy brand. And don't be ashamed to shop at a discount store, at the dollar store, the thrift store. So I actually found another good deal. My uh, mom and I went to a thrift store last Christmas, and I found it looked brand spanking new. It was like a Pier 1 or one of those fancy dish brands, and it was a cake plate for Christmas, sparkly new, probably at least $50 at the store. Like usually things like that are at least 40 50 bucks. Got it for one buck. Brand new, right? And, it's, and it is the fancy brand. Or close to brand new, right? Yeah, yeah. It looked brand new. Looked like they barely used it. So... You know, you can find these things for good deals, and there's no shame in that. There's no shame in protecting your wealth, investing in yourself, and investing in your family, because it'll pay off in the future with that exponential growth. I mean, look at uh, look at Ingvar, for example, the 40 billionaire who just had drove a simple car, one-story home for most of his life, and all those things. He doesn't care what people think of him. <laughs> he, has, he has it made. You are not what you have. So the main point that we want to point out here is it's not bad to enjoy your wealth or your money that you have. Don't, it's, if you want to buy something that's nice once in a while, that's totally fine. But if it's below your means and if you put it in your budget and you can actually afford it, that's okay. But you don't want to live or you don't want to keep up with the Joneses. You don't want to get other things just because the other person has it and you want to be like them. Be you. Be you. You're with you and your partner. You're growing your life and your wealth. The people who are the most successful realize this and they work hard and actually develop it. There's a story. I've mentioned the story, I think, before in a previous podcast. But if you're just joining on, this one's a really cool one. Uh, in Millionaire Next Door, they share a story where there's this uh, individual who's a business owner. I think he's a plumber or something like that. And he's earning a, or he's making about 70, 80, maybe a little bit more thousand um, dollars a year. Well, guess what? He was actually doing better than the lawyer who was next to his home. And the reason why is because of his spending habits. He wasn't making as much money as that individual, but he saved the money. And by the time he actually was, uh, they had this research in there presented that was really cool. They have different quadrants and statuses that they put these individuals. By the time he was older and close to retirement, he had accumulated way more, uh, way more wealth and was spending way below his means where he'll be able to enjoy himself for a much longer time. 
So share with, us, share with us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. What are some strategies you have done to actually reduce this? It's tricky because it's a mindset. It's tricky not to compare yourself. We're in a society that is in love with it. Look at Instagram, for example. I mean, Instagram, we're all obsessed with comparing ourselves and trying to be like the next person and show that our lives are so wonderful and hunky-dory. The truth is no one has it made. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> so don't be afraid and don't worry about status. Who cares about status? Because when you blow past the Joneses with your wealth accumulation, you're the one who's going to be able to enjoy your life the most. And not only that, it's just fun being with your partner trying to figure out the next steps of your life. These times, I know they're miserable, but when you look back at them, you'll say, look what we were able to accomplish. And that is a good feeling. So just in review, uh, some items we talked about today. So number one, live below your means. Don't live at your means or anything like that. You got to be below them, far below. The second is that secret how millionaires make their money is by keeping it and investing it. So you don't need to go spend it on the latest and greatest and have zero shame. Don't have any shame shopping for anything uh, for anything cheap as Kimberly was talking about because guess what? That's how you're going to keep more of your money down the road. So if you like this episode, please let us know. Uh, feel free to jump on social media. We finally got our social media up and running, so we'd love to hear from you. Send them some notes. Give us some comments. Let us know what your thoughts are and maybe some topics that you'd like us to discuss and how we've set things up. And we'd love to hear from you on how you've set things up and share it with the community. Uh, so feel free to subscribe to our podcast if you like this. Share it with your friends. Give us a five-star review so that way we can get this word out to everyone else. So join us every single Monday and Wednesday for a new episode of The Homemade Op Show. Bye.